0: Welcome to the Poet and the Reader podcast. If you like chatting about all things
1: bookish, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Shanice, and I'm Vina. Hi, everyone. Thank you for coming back to our podcast. How are you, Shanice? I am good. How are you? I'm good. You know, it was a wet and humid day here.
0: <laughs> it was perfect napping weather. I just yes, woke up from napping a nap and reading. <laughs> yeah, napping and read. I I napped. I did not read. <laughs>
1: Ah, nice. Um, so, we're going to start off the episode with a quick wrap up of the books we've read. And I will start us off. Is that okay? Yes. What did you read in February, V? <laughs> Alrighty. So, I read four books. Um, one I'm of them so was an advanced copy. I know. I'm like <laughs> a different person now. You are. Um, <laughs> so, I read four books. One of them is an advanced reader copy, one of them was a reread. And the other two were brand new books that I've never read before. Um, So the first one that I read was The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. I've talked a lot about this book with you. (laughs) And um, it's very popular in Bookstagram and all the um, uh, social media. So Matt Haig wrote this book about... How do I explain it? I'm still thinking about the character. So she decides to take her life, and I'm not spoiling it, it's like in the first sentence. Um, But she's in a limbo where she has to figure out if she um, wants to keep living that she's living or if she wants to make another choice in her life to see how it would work differently. So she's stuck in a library trying to figure out, and each book is a different... um, life that she could lead it's very interesting it's also very depressing and i wish there was do you think books should have like a trigger warning at the beginning of a book
0: no <laughs> no no uh, really no i don't
1: think so uh yeah i don't think so no i want to be
0: surprised yeah. like if i know what's but gonna what if happen it's, like, really depressing what if it triggers you you know what i mean i mean that's how i felt like reading some books but i was not mad at it i was just like okay yeah i'm, I'm on this journey with you
1: Right. This one, I saw the cover, and it looks cute. And I'm like, oh, this is a nice way to start the ye- the reading year. And then, boom, it's about suicide and depression. And it's just, I think people should know that before they're diving in, in case their mental state is not. <laughs> right. But you can right. also read it on Goodreads and read the, um, you know, the
0: book reviews to see if this was, like, kind of the book That's that true. you wanted to. Because not all yeah. reviews spoil things. And they say, like, oh, this is spoiler So like, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're going to spoil yourself or not. So I like to read some reviews sometimes, but other times I just like to be surprised. Just take me on this journey.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I try to not read reviews before I read it because sometimes it's going to skew my um, view of the book or like. That is true. Um, Okay. So the second book that I read was for book club and my bookstore Uh, It's called Interior Chinatown by Charles Yu. And this was the National Book Award winner last year. Um, so this is interesting. It is marketed as a novel, but it's laid out as a screenplay. Mm. So the whole book is a screenplay. Yeah, um, but it requires like so much concentration and like keeping up with the. Because I re- I read it as an audiobook, right. and it's only one voice for all of the characters, so it was a little mm. confusing. Um, yeah. But I can see why it won. It was very. It wasn't a very interesting read. So um, what, was your, what was your rating for that book and the book before, The Midnight Library? Um, so both of them are four stars for me. Okay, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then my third book was a reread, and it's called uh, Beach Read by Emily Henry. Mm. I think you would love the premise of this, but I don't know if it was executed correctly. So it's okay. basically about two writers. One is a romance writer, and the other one is a literary writer. And they have writer's block, right? so they're in this beach house and they challenge each other to write each other's genre so like Hmm. the romance readers like you should write romance and i'll write what you write and they challenge each other to kind of finish their book because they are on a deadline um so it's really cool it's really cool i think that's also like just a
0: good exercise as a writer to like step outside your comfort
1: zone yeah, yeah. So that's why I think you would you would like, since you're a writer. Right. And my last book, my fourth book, is probably the best one I've read so far this year, and it's Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid. I've talked about this book in so many episodes. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> it took it took me the longest to finish because I didn't want it to finish. Um, so this book is about four famous siblings who throw an epic party to celebrate the end of the summer, but of course, there's drama their secrets um so it takes course over 24 hours that's what I was the
0: most surprised to hear about that it takes like it's just one day and all this stuff happens
1: yeah but it does give you flashbacks of how the parents of the four siblings met so it does go back in time in a few chapters um but yeah most of the book is in 24 hours and the book starts off with a fire the house that the party is happening in so you have to figure out how the fire started. And when I figured out how the fire started, Shanice, <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I wanted to, to call you and tell you. I wanted to call you and tell you because it's perfect. It's perfect. Um, but yeah, uh, the I probably mentioned this already, but Taylor Jenkins Reid, she um, takes characters from each book and gives them their own book. So this one, if you haven't, please read Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. That's my favorite one. You need to read that one in order to see which character is brought back for this one. And Do I, I, I love to... him and I hate him. And ah, oh, I wish I could tell you who it is, but I'm not gonna spoil it. <laughs> I'm so excited to read this book. Yeah. It's one of the husbands, that's all I say.
0: So. Okay. <laughs> I, I I may have to reread the I may
1: have to reread Seven Husbands then,
0: if I'm gonna read this book.
1: I think so. I think okay. so. Like it's gotcha. not one of her longest relationships, but it's definitely someone that you should um okay kind of see how he was back then um but yeah those were my four books how many did you read so i read three books technically so I did not read
0: one book, but if you ask my, if my professor asked, I did read this book, and it was amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I read three books this uh, this month, and I read the first book I read was Herland um, Her by Charlotte Charlotte Perkins Gilman, and I gave that book a four point five. Um, it's about three scientists who discover an all women island, and they live in harmony, basically world peace, and they've gotten rid of like diseases, and uh, basically they are all women but they self-reproduce kids like they they self-replicate I guess or something like that like they have kids by themselves they don't need a men okay it's really good yeah it's really good and um basically like these men come in while they're already been a society for like thousands of years so they've already gotten rid of so many things that like in our world which is this book was written like in the 50s I believe so like it's just really relevant, like, the the mind frame of all these men because they're all, like, have, like, toxic masculinity traits. And it's, it's executed very differently. And I, I really like the way that um, Gilman does this. So, mm, yes, pick nice. it up. And it's a short read. It's only 127 pages, like, really quick read. It's really good, though. Okay, cool. The second book I read, and I was so excited to talk about this book, but then the mm. ending happened, and I was so pissed oh I my god so what pissed. is it <laughs> it was The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret uh, Atwood and this book was a, originally gonna be a five star book and then the wow. ending happened and let me tell you like I was just I was not with it and I'm not gonna ruin it but the ending <laughs> really made me upset but I also understood why it ended this way so huh. okay. yeah but don't you hate that V like don't you hate like you're reading such a good book and you're like yeah I'm with it I'm with it and then like the ending happens and you're yeah. like all of that
1: for this <laughs> absolutely I felt that a little bit with the midnight library but the rest of the book is so good that I'm like okay I'll take away one star but um, yeah I totally get that it happens right. all the time and mind you she did
0: put out a book um, recently I want to say like in 2019 or something like that and it was called yeah. The Testament I believe by it's Margaret part Atwood two. yeah, it's, yeah pa- it's part two, two. so I'm mm-hmm. like okay do I read it and would I feel better about this book Right, if Maybe. I read the second one, I don't know. Did you watch the show? I did. I watched um two or two seasons of it, and like I when I had texted one of my friends about the book, like I think. I'm not sure if she read... No, she she tried to read it, and so her problem with Atwood, and this is a disclaimer for people who have not read Margaret Atwood, she does not talk about things... She doesn't, like, tell her stories in a linear line. It's, like, very back and forth between past and present. So say, for example, like, there's a cross. She'll, like, the character will look at the cross and then start talking about it in present tense and then go back to their lives as, like, before and then, like, Mm -hmm. talk about talk about like how that cross like what happened in that past life and it like it it relates back but like the way that she goes back and forth is kind of confusing for some people and it turns people off because i did read oryx and Crake by her as well mm, okay which was about a society like it was also science fiction and it was about a society that died off and then you're trying to figure out and it's, it's about like his name is uh snowman and so like he talks about the society before and after and it's it's very choppy it's very like back forth and that's a that's three books in that series as well
1: mm, i don't right. know if i would love this
0: <laughs> i i absolutely love her writing i'm, I'm with the back and forth so oh,
1: wow yeah
0: okay. the third book i did not read but i read was mexican mm-hmm. gothic by sylvia moreno and i rated it a four for right now because I read more than half of it and so it's a slow start and I think a lot of it had to do with how much I looked forward to reading this book like I don't know that like what I was expecting but like it wasn't what I wanted you know
1: okay and it reminded you of The Haunting of Hill House right
0: it did remind me of The Haunting of Hill House so this is takes place in Mexico and it's about Naomi who um answers Uh, who goes, who's sent by her father to, um, go see, go check on her cousin. And so like, as she's in the house, she's realizing that the, the house, something is wrong with the house, that, that something is happening with her, with the families. And like, um, at one point, one of the characters say like, you cannot love in this house, which I I love that line. There's like, you can't exist if you love someone in this house. So it's very interesting. It's good. Wow. right it also reminded me of Catherine house um, by elizabeth thomas which i got as an arc from one of your boxes and that one was about a school and it was also like a gothic um novel it was really good so like pick that one up and i was excited to read her uh, meet her at uh, a big book con but then it got canceled
1: Mm, right, right right and out of the three which one has been your favorite oh man (laughs) So, like, so I was telling you about this, um,
0: the other day about how, um, from my Latino and um, Latina class and my Mm -hmm. women's in writing class, we're reading novels at the same time. So like, I kind of see like, oh, which one is better than the other one, you know, like comparing the novels. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. this time the Handmaid's Tale won just because, um, the Mexican Gothic was such a slow start. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And what are you currently reading? So I am currently reading Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> <laughs> For the third time in a row. <laughs> For the third time in a row. I'm, I'm going to keep reading that. Um, I'm still on the same chapter, but it's still in my queue. You know, I'm still reading it, technically. Okay. okay. Um, That's all right. I am reading Wicked Weeds, a zombie novel by Pedro Cabaya. Oh. And it follows, I don't know who the main character's name is yet. Um, but he's a Caribbean zombie and he navigates an un- uncertain pathways of the human heart in this cerebral take on the undead, which is, um, he's very philo- philosophical. So he's a zombie. I don't know how long he's been in existence, but he's uh-huh. a, he's very philosophical. He works as a scientist and, um, yeah, I don't know exactly what it talks about, so I can't really give a big overview on it because I'm only right. on like the second chapter of it
1: i'm I'm just shocked that it's a caribbean zombie i've never read about a right caribbean so i don't zombie. even i think i don't even know where <laughs> he
0: is like I, I i forgot to look it up before i got here so yeah, yeah he, i think he's in the caribbeans because at one That's point so in the funny. novel right at one point in the novel he says he's talking about these three women that he work with he works with and he says they went to school in north america so i'm like okay he's not living in north america right now
1: mm, right okay
0: The second book that I'm reading is, I am so excited about. Well, the third book I'm reading (laughs)
1: because I'm still reading books. What is happening? (laughs) Because I'm
0: still reading Harry Potter and the Prison of Azkaban. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm reading Dawn by Octavia E. Butler, and this is the first book. I think I picked up Kindred by her, and like I wasn't feeling it, so I put it down. And so, Mm -hmm. like, because I'm in the women in writing class, I had to read Dawn. And I am so excited about this, Vina. Like, I am so Mm -hmm. in love with this book from the first page. And I was also in love with Wicked Weeds. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: So this follows Lilith, um, who wakes up in this room and she talks about, like, um, awakenings. And so you don't know exactly what's happening. Come to find out they are on this, like, ship. Uh, If it's even a ship, it's not. It's very. It's a very interesting novel, and so Lilith is. Uh, she wakes up in this room, talks about the awakenings, and then she comes in. Uh, like the the person who captured her is not a person. It is an alien who captured her,
1: mm.
0: and uh, she talks about like how once she woke up from one of the awakenings, she she knows that she sleeps for a long time, but doesn't exactly know how long she sleeps, and. Um, She woke up at one point and there was like a scar on her stomach and when the alien came in um, he had told her that she's actually been asleep for 250 years but she woke up three times so she was 26 when she first got captured now she's 28 technically but she's been asleep for 250 years.
1: Oh my gosh! Right. This sounds so good. I've always wanted to pick her up, but I just I've never I've been kind of intimidated because I'm like, oh, am I gonna like her writing or is gonna be right. too abstract? And hmm. I think that's one of the things too that I
0: had uh, the problem with Sylvia Mor. Um, Sylvia Moreno is that I had all these expectations, and so when I picked up o- o- Octavia Butler, I was like, am- are-, are my expectations not gonna be met? But like right now, I'm just I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. How about you, V? What are you currently reading after I just went on a tangent?
1: (laughs) Well, I am reading one book because as we learned in our previous episode, I cannot read more than one book at at a time. Um, So I'm reading the book that you picked out for me on the first episode. And how are you liking it? It is weird and it is very strange. Um, I like it and I like the idea of it, but the way it's written is very strange. I want to read like If you don't mind, I'm going to read a little paragraph because it's beautiful and like it's a great paragraph, but there's so many words that shouldn't be there (laughs) to make it complicated. Um, Okay. So this is like right from the page eight. I'm not, I'm not that far into it. I'm on page 15 right now. Um, But oh, I should tell people what it is. It is, (laughs) this is how you lose the time war. And it's by two authors, Amal El-Mortar and Max Gladstone. And it's about two characters. They're called Red and Blue, and they're agents time traveling. I don't really know what's going on, <laughs> um, but they are trying to either beat each other at whatever they're doing or kill each other. I haven't figured it out yet. Mm. Um, but what they do is at the uh, each scene where they leave, like they're barely missing each other, like just by chance, they're one minute late and the other person's gone, kind of deal. Um, so they leave each other letters. And apparently through the letters they fall in love even though they're not supposed to. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) But one of the letters from Blue is, I must tell you it gives me a great pleasure to think of you reading these words in licks of flame. Your eyes unable to work backwards, unable to keep the letters on a page. Instead, you must absorb them, admit them into your memory. In order to recall them, you must seek my presence in your thoughts. Like, what the hell talks like this? (laughs) (laughs) Tangled among them like sunlight and water. It's like poetry. That's what I think it is. In order to report my words to your superiors, you must admit to yourself, already infiltrated, another casualty of this most unfortunate day. That's just like one paragraph of one of the letters that they write to each other. And I'm Mm -hmm. just like... You guys are doing the most right now. <laughs> right. And I like it, and it's weird, but it's I have to read each page like three times for me to be like, oh, that's what you're trying to say. Oh, you're using so many words, but it's very simple what you're trying to say. You know what right. I mean? Right, right. So like you're reading this very beautiful novel, but not sure what the plot is right now. exactly. Mm-hmm. You nailed it. That's right. exactly it. Like, I'm into it, but what is going on? Because <laughs> you're just thrown into the scene. Right. So would you rather read a, like, a
0: novel that has like subpar writing but a good plot or like no. beautiful writing and no plot?
1: No. Damn, that's a hard thing to choose from. Right. It's two extremes. I have to be in the mood for this. I don't know if I am in the mood for this. Like, I'm going to read it because you challenged me and I, I, I accept the challenge. <laughs> but, right. um, yeah, it's a very strange read. But I like it. Okay. I like it. I, I was I posted like a it. picture on, on Instagram and I, I was asking people like, Oh, do you read the same page like over and over? And like everyone's saying yes. <laughs> that it took them a long time and it's only 190 pages so wow times three so I this guess, is because <laughs> this could have been a very like fast read but it's not
0: like it is I feel not. like the writers just wrote it for each other they didn't even care what you guys thought like, <laughs> they didn't even care what the readers they're like yo we're doing this project it is about to be good for us
1: yeah I want to know the thought process of like let's write this book and make everyone feel confused
0: <laughs> right uh, but
1: yeah I'll I'll, I'll push through
0: Right. I hope the plot comes through and like it ends up being like a really good read, but hard to get into at first.
1: Yeah, yeah. I should give it a chance. It's only fifteen pages in, but <laughs> you got this. Yeah, that's when. Thanks to you, that is what I'm reading right now. <laughs> <laughs> thanks to me. Oh man. I I like that. I can blame you now for these things. <laughs>
0: oh, you can't blame me. You were the one who picked the two books, and
1: you t- and you said this I chose true. right. You said I chose right. So I know. I was very excited to start this book. I was very excited. But at the end of this episode, Shanice is going to pick again for me, so stay tuned for that. That's going to be fun. Um, But yeah, the main topic of this episode, we should probably point that out now. Um, So I don't know about the listeners, but I'm still thinking about the poem that Shanice read last time. And we want to learn more about this poem and what made you write this poem and what inspired you. So tell me all the details.
0: Oh, okay. I will tell you.
1: <laughs> uh, so for this,
0: well, for this poem, um, I wrote it during NAPO RIMO, which is National Poetry Writing Month. And if anyone doesn't know, poets write 30 poems in 30 days and it's all unedited, raw work. So you don't, or at least I am very strict and I won't edit until May. Um, not just poems, hmm. any of my work, I won't edit in May because I think it's a time to um, get one with myself as a writer. And I'm not, fall into like the expectations of what what other people or like like um editors want me to write i want to write what i want to write in april so that's what i do
1: okay um so specifically so this was written this was written last april
0: this was written in 2019 i believe actually
1: okay okay
0: yeah i believe 2019 or 2020. I, I did I don't know one of the years It like this year doesn't even feel I'm like, like a wait year. what was <laughs> last year
1: <laughs> <laughs> like last year doesn't so even confused. feel like
0: it existed so <laughs> I'm not sure when I wrote this poem <laughs> <laughs> it's okay um, so I wrote this poem uh, because of a conversation I had with somebody I think it was my girl mm-hmm. or maybe one of her one of our friends and I had realized that since I lost my mom I kind of lost the sense of what home felt like yeah so uh with this poem i decided to write my definition of what like my ideal home would be and so that's where it came from
1: yeah and it came through i love it i still yeah. think about it it's a great poem <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm still
0: editing it so like this is the third draft of editing this poem so i'm still going through it. and I, I don't know if i want to add more or add less so
1: it's still a process you know yeah i guess that's my next question like how many times do you edit one poem until you're, like, satisfied.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, like, I've I've had poems that I've written when I was, like, 15, because I started out as a slam poet. Oh, wow. And uh, I still have poems that I still edit to this day, from when I wrote when I was 15. But I try to not... Right. I try to not lose the essence of the poem. So, like, I'll edit it, maybe I'll cut it out, maybe I'll put it back in, you know, so, like, that's, that's my process of writing.
1: Mm, okay. And how yeah. did you get into writing? When did you know you wanted to be a writer?
0: Actually, um, well, I was talking about this today. Um, my fir- I wrote my first poem, and I still know this poem. I will not say it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to hear it. No, no, no. Uh, so I wrote my first poem when I, like, my the first time I remember writing a poem was in the car. Um, we were waiting for my uncle's girlfriend to come out of work, and um, he introduced me to poetry, and oh, I've been in love with it ever since. And then when I was 14... Yeah, I, when I was fourteen, I started writing. Like, I kept writing, um, but when I was fourteen, I I started. Uh, I got introduced by, to slam, slam Richmond specifically, um, by one of my one of my teachers in high school.
1: And do you have any female poets that inspired you to write, or? That you oh man,
0: have? so like, I don't think I've read. I like when I was before I I got into slam. I was reading like Nikki Giovanni. I was re- reading Ange- uh, Maya Angelou. I was reading like Langston Hughes. I was reading all these like um Harlem Renaissance poets um and, and Maya Angelou and so like when I got introduced to Slam that's when I was introduced to um Anne Sexton and Rachel McKibbins and Sierra DeMulder who her book just came out called uh Today Means Amen and it was actually during her workshop and I've known her since I was a kid um it was during her workshop that I wrote um I wrote How to Be Eaten by a Butterfly which is one of Vena's favorite poems spot that
1: I wrote. It is my favorite poem of all time. <laughs> right? Yeah. It is yeah. so good. It is so good. And that's the one that you've had published before, right? Yeah, I
0: told you, it's been published by Newtown Literary and Sinister Wisdom, which, um, yeah, it was a, it was a really good experience to have that poem specifically because it, it kind of changed the way that I looked at writing. I, I think like every year, as a writer, you grow, and so in that in that in her workshops, I just wrote these very profound things, and like not even profound, like they were just really good. It just made me think about myself as a writer differently. So she's
1: she's changed me so much. And how was publishing for you as a Latina? Was it easy to get your poems out there? It's a it's such a hard thing because like
0: when I had, when I, when I said I wanted to be a writer, you know, when I was very young, I was like, this is what I knew that I wanted to do it. Right. When I was like 14 and I got introduced to slam and I was like, I feel like, wow, this is, this is me. And my mom was like a hundred percent, like a thousand percent supportive. Like she went to all my slam meets. The one slam meet she didn't go to was, um, was when uh, she like her last year of living. And, um, I had when she passed away like something had died in me and Mm -hmm. so like I want to quote out um Charles Bukowski he's the only male that I'm going to talk about um it's (laughs) called so you want (laughs) to he's the only man I'm going to talk about in this podcast um in this uh in this episode um it's called so you want to be a writer one of his poems and he says when it's truly time and if you have been chosen it will do it by itself and it will keep on doing it until you die until you die or it dies in you and so that's very much how I write poetry is something that comes over. If I see something, if I hear something, I even go to bed with like a notebook next to me. And sometimes it happens in my dreams and I just wake up writing, which is why I have so many damn pen marks and pencil marks on my, my, my dirty laundry. And uh, yeah, OxyClean works. But, um, you know, like I got lost in my thoughts, but, um, it's okay. <laughs> so publishing, yeah. Yeah, so publishing, um, so, like, when I had, when I was, like, young, I wanted to, I knew I wanted to be a writer, and, like, I knew I wanted to publish, and then when I came to New York, I had so many people telling me that I wasn't going to be successful, and that's, like, Latin, Mm. that's Latino family members for you, you know, like, the Latinos, they'll they'll beat you down, you know?
1: Um, but If you're not being a doctor or something like that, you're you're not doing anything. (laughs) So,
0: when we were working at BN, and this goes back to publishing, uh, like, you know, it was just so white so like mind you it was like 2013 but like all of our fixtures and everything like catered to these white authors and so like walking around i would have these very like negative conversations with myself because as a kid i was never exposed to like latinx writers it was like classic white authors and some black authors mind you i grew up in virginia and only now did they start like decolonizing reading lists as my professor says you know um, so I hardly saw names like mine and like I would go through these aisles and psych myself out and so when I would when I would put in my work at to publish and I would get those rejection letters, it would be like, should I change my name? Should I not be like I, like like you know when I had my family, then they dropped De La Cruz. So that's my original last name is De La Cruz, but like now I'm just Cruz. So like I had so many people telling me that I wasn't gonna be successful, like Saying that this was just a hobby and I should go into medical field, but my, like I said, my mom was so supportive and like she was just like, listen, if you gonna live in the attic, you gonna live the, in the attic. We are gonna do this, like you are gonna live your dream, you know. And uh, so, um, so like yeah, I always had this thought. Like when every rejection letter comes, I like it was so hard for me to keep positive because I would just be like why am I getting why am I not getting published by anybody you know but like like with hard work and I try to like you you know you as as a person like you try to be like okay I'm gonna just come back and come back harder and that's why I edit so much and I'm so like hard on myself because I'm just like I have to be 10 times better than like x y and z and that you know but still being supportive, like, if my next, if my friend gets published, like, I'm with, I'm down, like, my friend Jarell, um, Jarelle just put out a, a new book, I'll come back with the title, I forgot the title at the moment, but I was so happy for him, like, you know, I'm I'm so happy for these people, and, like, I'm, I'm gonna come back, I'm gonna keep, even with all these rejections, I'm gonna keep coming back, but it was hard, it was very hard,
1: right? No, I get that, um, I feel right. like I've been, how do I say this? Because my name, right, we we don't see Hispanic names a lot, like in bestseller lists right. or, um, you know, just in general, it's very, we always see like, oh, if no one else is making it, how are we going to make it in? You know what I mean? And publishing right. is such a difficult industry is mostly female which, which at least we have that part <laughs> but it's right. just very white and I've been going to industry events like since I was I want to say 20 in college like I was always going to a book expo and like author events and I didn't see myself like anywhere and I was in a right. publishing program where I was learning to be how how to be an editor and how to be a publicist and I'm so excited like oh i'm gonna get into a publishing house and it's it was impossible it was impossible right. so i did kind of what you thought of doing of changing your name so no one knows this and I'm, I'm throwing the tea here but um so i decided to do a little experiment right so i was sending out my resume everywhere and I'm like, and I'm using my full name. Vina is not my full name, mm-hmm. and I know. I think you know that. Right. So I was using my full name I with that. all those consonants and all those weird. <laughs> like it's not a name, not a common name. Um, and I wasn't getting right. any any callbacks. And if I did, the way they butchered my name as they were asking me to come for an interview was like, oh, these people don't even know like how to say my name. You know, and maybe right. this is one of the reasons I'm not getting a callback, cause if they see like a Brittany and then my name, they're gonna call it Brittany. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, what if right. I go by my nickname, which is Vina? And Shanice, I got calls like more than ever once I did that. Wow. And it's it, it the same so, resume. It was the same resume, the same qualifications, the same references, and they can say Vina, you know? And it just, like, it right. blew my mind completely. And then they meet me and then right. they realize, oh, she's not white, you know? And it's right. like, can this Hispanic person, like, even edit if her la- first language is not English? Like, my mind was going places, <laughs> you know? Right. And it's like, even now, having a bookstore, um, I thought so much before this, like, would I be able to do this? Like... I don't see that right. many Hispanic business owners, like not even like bookstore owners. And once I had once the bookstore opened and I was able to do it with with my business partner, it was like I'm going to the same events and I'm still seeing the same problem I saw ten years ago when I was going to the industry events as an intern, you know what I mean? Right. And I think honestly, I think it's way more better than it was ten years ago
0: though, too. Which is, what does that have to say? Like, what, what are you saying
1: to me? You know? No. I, okay, so I would say it's a little bit better. But if you're in a room of, say, a thousand people and you can, with just a glance, see how many people are of color, that's right. kind of sad, you know? And, like, we have these, like, diversity groups that we have to form in order to, like, relate to each other it's just like it's very right? weird it's very weird and i'll never forget one of the events that i went to one of the first events that i went to that i felt so out of place and like i'm not supposed to be here <laughs> um juno diaz was Damn. there right and he was giving a talk and he had to pause and he's like guys can you look around this room is so white <laughs> and everyone kind of like gasped right, right? and like they're like can you guys change this like this isn't right like representation matters very much in this room and the books that our kids are reading matter and like his book um oh my god what is the name of this beautiful he did a picture book about this Dominican girl and it's like one of the first Dominican picture books that I've ever seen and mind you this guy has like issues now that we shouldn't like
0: ignore yeah i, I did hear a little bit of it i don't know exactly know exactly what happened
1: right right yeah i just wanted to point that out like, i'm not saying like he's the he, he's the one he, like he's
0: not right how it is he's not a mascot like you know Okay. <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> right right but the way that he expressed himself and like everyone you could see everyone nodding and everyone of colors just looking at each other like this isn't. This it's isn't. called Island Born, though, the so, picture book.
0: Sorry, I, I looked it up real quick.
1: Yeah. Island Born, yes. No problem. Thank you, thank you. It is a beautiful book. Um, so that's when I met him, right? And then at the end of the event, I met this amazing person who wrote Poet X. And she oh was signing. God. You didn't arcs. tell me you met her. I know, I know. I forgot you to tell you. So so she somebody, was you think you know somebody, guys? You think you know them? And they don't tell you every single detail <laughs> until we until, <laughs> until we have a I'm podcast. learning so much about you. about you. Um. So I see her, and there's this like um, author signing happening, and her line is super long, and that made me excited. Like, oh, people are actually going to pick this up. And I go up to her, and I'm like, it was my first event as a bookstore owner, right? And I'm like, I feel so out of place, so it's so nice to see you, because I'm Dominican, mm. too. And she looked at me, and she's like, what's your name? And, like, she connected with me, and she took my book, and she's like, um, and she wrote, I think, in Spanish. Um, she wrote, esto es, esto es para ti, para mi hermana. Like, this is for you and me, nice. sister. That just gave me and, goosebumps. Oh, my God. Like, <sighs> <ugh>. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Like, th- those little moments should be happening, like, right. all the time, you know? Like, w- what's the next Elizabeth Acevedo, or, like, why aren't there more of her for us to, like, feel included? Right, and talking about her as well, like,
0: that was the first time that I I truly felt seen. And I am, like, mm-hmm. in my 20s at this point, that when mm-hmm. I read The Poet X, I was like, wow, she's a Dominican um, like, you know, the character, Xiomara, she's a Dominican girl and she's into slam poetry. So I, I felt like so connected. I was like, yeah, wow, that was like, you <laughs> that was me. I was like, yeah, wow. And, yeah. you know, going also going to events when we were going to Breakthrough Voices, um, that's a HBO special for um, youth slam poets. Like I, I like was around, you know, kids that looked like me, you know, like that, but weren't as like Latinx, like Latinx, you know, mm-hmm. like um, but they, they, it was like it, it, I felt home there too, you know, like we were like slam poets, we were like not rejects or anything like that, but we weren't like like not seen in like mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. in popular literature, and like that was a, another place that I was just like, wow, it, it made me realize as a teenager how like colonized you know, like, mm. reading lists
1: are in school. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It's insane. It's very discouraging, but I know we have to keep on fighting and hope for a change, but sometimes it's like, come on, guys, like, it's, it's 2021. That was the bone. <laughs> and also, like,
0: I also wanted to say that, like, you know, when I when I began publishing in 2019, we also I also had to think about the fact that I grew so much as a writer as well. You mm. know, so, like, the person mm. that got... The person, like you know, every year that I write is is different. The person that was trying to be published in two thousand thirteen is not the same woman that's being published in two thousand
1: nineteen. You know, right, like no, of course.
0: So like as I got, you know, as I, I as I found my voice as a writer and like started being authentic about my writing too, like starting to imp- imp- like to put my Latinx roots into it. As I became more myself in my poems, that's when I started to get published as well. Right. And I don't know if it has something to do with the culture changing as well.
1: Yeah. But that for like, us to think, like, we have to change our names, like, white people don't have to think about that. You right. know what I mean? It's like, we have to consider so much of ourselves in order to fit right. in. We, it, it seems so. like we have to make ourselves smaller. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know
0: how many times, like, my name is Shanice, right? Like, pronounce Shanice. Like, that's uh-huh. how my mom wanted to mm-hmm. pronounce When I went to school, they would call me Chance. Like, do you not see the Mm, I? You know? Like, do you not see the I? It's not a difficult name. If it was an S, it'd be more more better, like, better to pronounce, but it starts with a C, you know? And then Cruz, like, they always got (laughs) Cruz, but they always, like, you know... Luckily, I don't have that much of a difficult name to, like... Well, not difficult, but, like, um, a Hispanic name, because... We have very common names in our family, like Gonzalez, Rodriguez, like things
1: like that. So names like that, that are not hard to pronounce. Like in school, if I saw, if I saw the teacher like pause during roll call, I knew he was trying to figure out my name <laughs> and I'll be like, yeah, I'm here. Like, you don't, you don't have to try. It's fine. But it shouldn't be fine. Like you, ah, I get so mad talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> Similar feelings. Right. Not No
0: and that's also why I try to like make room for people like I'm not good with names in general when it comes to people's names I, I do my best to pronounce it correctly like and yeah. and make sure that I keep repeating it to, until like I get it correctly you know because your name it holds so much power mm-hmm. that is who you are so Absolutely. call me by my name you know
1: Ooh, I like that there's a movie yeah, called you- oh there's a book by that <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> call me by uh, your name call me by your name um, But yeah. Man, how do we transition to the next point? How right. We... Like, how do we stop talking about this? We don't. That's the we thing. Don't. We don't
0: stop talking about these yes, things. Yes, we're going we to keep talking about...
1: about this. Right. Um, you sent me a bunch of articles that I can't wait to read, and we're going to keep talking about that next. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> we're going to talk about that in a
0: future episode.
1: Yeah. But uh, March is Women's History Month, so we're going to highlight some of the women who have shaped us as writers. Yes. And um, I know we we're, we're going to talk about three women writers. Um, but I, unfortunately... My first author who shaped me as a reader is that Harry Potter lady. And I know she's white. <laughs> and I know that she's done <laughs> some crappy things in the last couple of years. Um, Are we just going to refuse? I, I am all about refusing to say the oh yeah, name I'm on down. our podcast. I'm down. I'm down. She People know who, they know names. who we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, she... Her books, I should say, um, definitely shaped me as a reader and made me want to pick up more books. And then I would say that from there I moved on to um, Donna Tartt and she wrote The Secret History, which is one of my favorite books. Um, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Acevedo, who I already know, I love very much and who I I wish I could read all the time. I, sh- I need to read her newest one. Um, but I'm a little, I'm a Would little you? hesitant because it's about a plane crash and I, I don't know if I want to.
0: Oh, that was also, that was also about the Dominican plane, the Dominican, um, the one going to Dominican Republic.
1: Yes. Yes. Right. So I need to read that. That's on my TV. It's
0: such a good, I've read it. It's really good. Clap when you land.
1: Clap when you land. Yes. And it's, um, really it's good. told in verse, right?
0: It has a dual narrative as well.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Yes. Cool, cool. It is told in verse. My next woman writer is Hanya Gahara I hope I said that right. Um, but she wrote <laughs> A Little Life, and I read that I want to say five or six years ago, and I still think about the characters. So that's that's a powerful mm. woman right there. <laughs> and um, Sally Rooney is my latest favorite woman uh, writer, and she wrote uh, Normal People. Now, what's your favorite or women who have shaped you as a reader? Um. So... I think that going back into my
0: childhood, Nikki Giovanni is somebody who shaped me. Mm -hmm. Um, She wrote a lot of poetry that still continues to inspire me and she like broke the bounds of like talking about the revolution and she wasn't afraid to like piss people off and so Mm -hmm. I love that that spirit of her and so she shaped me as a reader. Um, I love Toni Morrison. The way that she tells stories is just amazing. I read Songs of Salmon when I was in high school, and it was the first time I remember falling in love with a book. And she taught me like, you ever like watch like cooking shows, and then be like, oh, this is a deconstructed apple pie. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I needed that accent, yeah. but I needed it. Yeah. So she like, I, I feel like she's she taught me how to read deconstructed literature. Ooh, I love that. Right, because like, though, if you ever read Toni Morrison, she does not tell a story through and through.
1: Yeah, I've never read her. You know? She's on my TBR list. <laughs> right, and she's so like, um, it's
0: such, it's so much intersexuality too about like what she does with poetry, um, what she does with like writing in general, not poetry. I'm sorry, um, but if you re- ever read The Bluest Eye, mm. she, um, she brings in um Dick and Jane. Hmm like the classic yeah. children's book and, and she does something amazing with it. And I, I just love her. I cannot, I can't stop. <laughs> um, another person who shaped me as a reader was Gertrude Stein's poem. Ooh. It's one specific poem, but Gertrude, Gertrude Stein in general, but one of her poems specifically called Susie Asado Um, and she's a flamingo dancer and it gave me such a different way of looking at poetry. And I love when poets do that. Mm. So like, if you ever read Susie Asado, um, uh, Suzie Asado, yeah. Um, one of the lines is "sweet, sweet, 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 sweet tea," and it's the sound of her tapping her dance. Mm. That's why she does "sweet, sweet, sweet teas" because, like, the sound you make is the same that this. It's the dance that she that she dances. Oh, wow.
1: Okay. Yeah. So she's amazing. And are there any female writers you want to reach that you haven't read before?
0: yes i have so i am so excited um i have them on my tbr so i've mm. recently um copped angie cruz dominicana and cass actually read that book and i'm excited to read it and i'm, I'm excited oh, to, i've never read anything too. yeah i have never read anything by her mm-hmm. Cass, it did not like it um she mm. said it wasn't for her but she said that it would be something that i loved because okay. it was it, like, it, like, like, uh, Angie Cruz, apparently I, I don't know anything, you know, obviously I just go on from her word. She doesn't write anything. She didn't write it in, like in a straight line. It went back and forth. So like some um, people just don't like that, you know? Yeah. Fair enough. Another person on my, um, one, another woman writer, I don't know. Um, I had bought it at your store. Sorry. I, I was like, I don't know where I bought this from, uh, but I did. I bought it from um, your store. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Asana Shakur, an autobiography. And so, like, I'm really excited to read this book because I love autobiographies. I think there is just an essence that you don't get with, like, regular biographies, like, written from someone else. Like, yeah, you get a, um, a objective look, but you don't, you, like, it's something different when it comes from your own voice, you know? Okay. And I picked up Callie and Anstein. Sabrina and Corina, which I'm excited to read. And it's just a book of short stories that that, I like next.
1: Nice.
0: Right. And it was very hard to choose these three, just three of them. Like, even. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. How about uh, women writers on you, on your uh, TBR? Or you're excited to read?
1: So I've owned um, The Fifth Season by N.K. Jemisin for, like, three years now. And I really want to read it. It's sci-fi. It's a trilogy so far. Um, so I want to pick that up. And I want to read Oct- Octavia Butler. I've never read her. And based on what think- you've said, I can get into. I'm like ready. Like, yo, when
0: you when I'm done with this book, take it. It's annotated, though. Okay. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. So um, take yeah, it I So I, I really want to
1: read her. Mm-hmm. And then Angie Cruz is also on my list for Dominicana because as a Dominicana, I should be reading this book. And my sister read right. it and she really loved it. And my sister-in-law read it, and she loved it, so I don't know what's what's holding me back. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's a book that I really, really want to read. Um, yeah, those are the three ones off the bat that I can think of.
0: You know, thinking about Dominicana, I think Cass didn't like it because she's Puerto Rican. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, no. She can't relate like we can. No, it's out we can all relate it's the same it's the same stuff um but have you ever um saw that um angie cruz or some inspired by dominicana they have like an instagram page where you can go and see like old pictures of dominicans coming to the united states yeah it's a it's an amazing pot i'm gonna send it to you i'm gonna look it up right now so i could tell you the exact like um name so that like we can we can just shout it out real quick
1: okay cool all right what's the page name Janice
0: the page is Dominicanas NYC and I we can also like (laughs) post it on like when this episode comes out we can post it on our story to shout it out to make sure people get it correctly cool yeah I'm gonna send it to you right now
1: nice and as a writer is it a different answer for the women who inspired you as a writer you know,
0: it's different and it's the same. Like, all these <laughs> women have inspired me, but I also have, um, as a, you know, separate list, I did have people, women who I thought specifically inspired me and shaped me as a writer. Um, so one of my first one of my first picks is actually um, Fanny Flagg, and the mm-hmm. reason why she shaped me as a writer is because she's dyslexic. And so um, okay. I am, she made me more confident in knowing that, like, someone who's dyslexic and who struggled like me can also be a published author. Fanny Flagg wrote Fried Green Tomatoes at the Whistle Shop Cafe, which is one of my which favorite is one of your books. favorites. Yes, one of my favorite books. Uh, the second woman who inspired me is Anne Sexton, and she shaped mm-hmm. me as a poet, and um, to be more comf- I'm comfortable with my dark thoughts. She was, um, she's a confessional poet, or it was a confessional poet. So, um, if I was to describe myself or put myself into a category of like what my poetry would be, I think I would define myself as a confessional poet. It, it cuts pretty close.
1: Is she the one that you have a tattoo?
0: Quote? No, uh, oh, that okay. is Sonya Renee Taylor, and um, oh, the body okay. is not an apology. Mm-hmm. Is amazing. I met her when I was in high school, and she is also somebody who shaped me. I was gonna shout her out. Um, if you oh, have, nice. if you haven't, she she started this whole movement of like your body is not an apology. Like, be confident in who you are as a person. Like, don't let those uh, negative thoughts hold you back. It's it's just, she's an amazing person. And she's always been someone who, like, as a kid would lend out advice. And even when Mm -hmm. I became an adult, when I was, like, 19 or something, I had, like, messaged her and I was like, hey, I'm thinking about getting this tattoo. And I was like, is it okay if I get your words on me? Because it it just followed me. Like, I, I think I heard that poem when I was, like, 15 and I still, I still wow. like think about it. I have it on my arm, so like anytime that I have negative thoughts about my body, I just look at it and I'm like, you're right. It's not an apology, you know.
1: Aww, oh, I love that.
0: Right. Uh, Zornie Hurston is also someone who inspires me. Her stories are just imagery is just uh, insane. She's amazing. And recently, <laughs> Elizabeth Acevedo, um, you know, like we talked about earlier, she's someone who like was for the first time I seen myself in her writing so and she's also a slam poet and a dominican so like i'm like bet like Mm -hmm. i'm with it you know
1: (laughs) (laughs) definitely
0: uh so she is someone who taught me that poetry can be in novels as well like um yeah and and and, like you can bring your own culture and still like be successful which is something that always held me back you know
1: so yeah Yeah. her success is amazing to see amazing i'm so excited to see her and her hair is beautiful oh my god her hair I love her I want it um but yeah she's the one woman who continues to inspire me so I'm gonna steal that answer from you yeah because when I read her book and I was 29 30 and I'm like why did it take me so long to find a book where I can see myself where I can see my family where I can see like the dynamics of a Dominican family it shouldn't take that long for any person no, I um, so yeah once I read her I'm like wow I need to continue reading her and following her and her poetry is amazing um, right yeah what's your who's your one woman, woman to inspire you continue to inspire so you?
0: I, I'm gonna go back with my high school my high school yeah. sweetheart no I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Anne Sexton. She's, yeah. uh she's she's yeah. you know like I just oh like you know when I first discovered slam she was there whenever I I've been, like, lost in my dark thoughts. She's someone who's always been, like, able to, like... I've been able to, like, um... I guess, like, think that it's okay to be have these dark Mm -hmm. feelings. She's, like, someone who makes me comfortable with being okay with my feelings and, like, writing them Mm -hmm. down and being reassured that, like, my thoughts aren't so dark, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow. Is she the one that you own the most poet books from? So I have a complete collection by her. Mm-hmm. right so
0: like i have all of her collection like her oh, whole cool. yeah it's like a complete and i and just to let you guys know like i bought this shit three times <laughs> <laughs> wait what <laughs> yeah i had to buy it three times because like okay the first time one of my friends i was like yo you need to pick up Ansex sexton she's amazing here you can borrow my book never got it back Then I let my ex hold it, I think. And then I never got it back. And so I bought it. When I started working at Barnes & Noble, this was one of my first purchases. I was like, nobody Mm. is getting this book. This is my book. So, like, (laughs) I will not let this out again.
1: Nice. Right. All right, guys. So in our next post, please tell us any women writers that you love. We want to hear it. We want to learn about people we don't know about that you would recommend. Um, But as usual, we're going to end the episode with either a poem, which Shanice already did in the last episode. So this time, Shanice, you get to pick my next read. Yes, I hope it's better than this one. (laughs) I mean, I I won't, I won't, I won't say it sucks completely, but. (laughs) Right. Um, Okay, so I'm going to read the first sentence, but if you need an extra sentence to make up your mind, just let me know
0: oh uh, Let me get
1: ready for this. Ugh. All right. <laughs> no, I'm just okay. Kidding. So option number one. In a city swollen by refugees, but still mostly at peace, or at least not yet openly at war, a young man met a young woman in a classroom and did not speak to her for many days. All right. That's number <sighs> okay, one. Give
0: me. Give sh- me. Giving me, sh- giving me uh, <laughs> heterosexual vibes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And option
1: b option b oh dear linus biker said wiping the sweat from his brow this is most unusual that was an understatement that's it that's it do you need okay. more than one sentence or um or you've made your your choice i don't know
0: like do you have a
1: book in mind that you're gonna pick no no no
0: well, I, um, I think like this is the same the same conversation we had before. Do you <laughs> have a book that you think that I'm gonna pick and then do you have a book that you wanna read and you hope that I pick?
1: Yes and no. <laughs> okay. But um yeah, which one is it gonna be?
0: <laughs> Cause you got like heterosexual romance.
1: Or well, it's not a romance. Both of them are I just straight up fiction. But yeah,
0: I know. But I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. from my first sentence, from my first point of view, like my first, in like yeah. I,
1: don't, I don't
0: know, whatever. Okay, uh-huh. uh, I am gonna choose. I'm so nervous. Yeah, this is very
1: hard. <laughs> do you need an extra sentence? What do you need from me?
0: Let me let me get the second sentence of
1: the first book. I'm um, the second book. Ooh. Oh, of the second book.
0: Yeah okay I
1: don't know going by
0: that ooh you was excited to read the second sentence I don't know no no
1: no (laughs) I'm getting
0: vibes
1: I don't know alright alright so the second book oh dear Linus Barker said wiping the sweat from his brow this is most unusual that was an understatement he watched in rapt wonder as an 11 year old girl named Daisy levitated blocks of wood high above her head so what does that tell you (laughs) damn that's like
0: a like magical to me these are my first yeah. impressions of these books i don't know what they are so i uh, you got mm-hmm. heterosexual ro- romance and then you got some magic <laughs> on the other side um oh, i, love I don't know i'm gonna pick the second book because i do like magic and like you know
1: okay okay i'm so gonna pick the second the one. Pick, oh. all right the name of the book is the house in the cerulean sea by T. J. Klune. have you heard of this Ooh. book no, I have not. Is that a man so, or a woman? So that is a great question. I'm going to say man. How
0: dare you bring a man in it? It's I'm all about so, a woman podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so it's a, it takes place in a magical island, a dangerous task, and a burning secret.
0: Yes. I pick right. I think I pick right.
1: Linus is a by-the-book caseworker in the Department of Charge of Magical Youth, Test with determining whether six dangerous magical children are likely to bring about the end of the world. You know what this what reminds me of? What? Best show on Netflix. What show that they have superpowers. Oh god. Uh, the Boys? Umbrella, Umbrella Academy.
0: Oh, I was like oh the Boys. Yeah. No, those are they had yeah. super super they were superheroes on The Boys and Amazon. That oh god, was Oh my
1: god, that's so funny because one of the blurbs says 1984 meets The Umbrella Academy <laughs> with a pinch of Douglas Adams thrown in. <laughs> really like umbrella
0: academy either
1: what the second season is i know so i bad. keep saying these things
0: <laughs> i keep saying these things that like you don't agree with but like yeah i like the umbrella academy
1: it wasn't so bad it's a fun fun watch nothing not deep. me <laughs> not, <yet. laughs> not me <laughs> i do Hamilton, like i like Rob robert Sh- Sh- Shah- shaheen he was on misfits oh my god because he was in a in our favorite show about that yes i yes, love that misfits. show it's not I love that time, show. But i'm exaggerating um. so yeah it's my next read stay tuned for my thoughts and I think at the end of the year we
0: should do a, a thing where you rate all the books that I picked for you
1: oh yes to see if right. you know my taste in books top three <laughs> top three I think yeah. that at the end of
0: the year catch us on 2022 talking about like what Venus uh, favorite books were that I picked
1: yeah I like it <laughs> all right guys thanks for tuning in we'll see you next time thanks for tuning in Bye, bye guys bye